Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, Peyton swears she's still awake. The Graveyard Riddle, chapter 13, page 85. I couldn't wait to tell Hal about my encounter with Martin Stone, but first I had to get his supplies. Mum was still out, so I had the house to myself. I found an old plastic bag in the drawer and shook it open. Frankie, Frankie came sniffing around as I went through the cupboard. He needed a walk, but I'd take him out later. I thought about what Hal had said about the suitable fuel food. It sounded like a sensible request and was probably all part of a spying spy training. I settled on a packet of crackers, a small box of raisins, two bananas, three nut bars, and an orange. I sliced some cheese that he can put onto crackers and put into a little plastic tub. I raked through the kitchen drawer and it was full of old phone chargers and sticky tape and screws that we didn't have any time for use of. In the back, I found a flashlight. I tested it, and miraculously, it still worked. There was also a pack of cards with with pictures of farmyard animals on one side. I smiled. Maybe Hal could show me some more magic tricks. I threw everything into a bag. I went upstairs into Mum's room and saw that she'd been tidying up there as well. All the jewelry and makeup was usually sprawled across her dressing table had gone. The bed made was made and a few cushions had been nearly arranged on the top of the pillow. The pile of clothes that usually lay on the corner had been put away. It looked much cleaner and fresher. I found a green checked blanket stuck, st- uh, stuffed in the bedroom bottom of Mum's wardrobe. I rolled it up as tight as I could and I put it in the bag on top of the food, flashlight, and playing cards. I went downstairs and backed out, crossing the street to Matthew's house. I guess he'd still be in town with Jake, so I was going to tell Sheila or Brian if I could borrow them, but Matthew answered the door. You're back already, I said. How was game? How was the gaming shop? It was okay, he said. He was continuously rubbing his right thumb against the back of his left hand. It was always as if he was trying to rid of an invisible spot. I had the feeling that the trip to town had triggered some anxieties again. I wondered if he'd left Jake behind when Jake suddenly approached behind him. Can I borrow your binoculars, please, Matthew, I said. Matthew frowned. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Why do you want them? I hadn't prepared an answer. I had no idea why Hal wanted them, but I guess it had something to do with a stakeout, and that was highly important. Yeah, Melody, said Jake. What do you want binoculars for? And what's in your bag? He tried to look, but I moved the bag to one side. Fortunately, the green checkered blanket was showing. I'm having a picnic, I said, in the graveyard, and I thought I'd do some bird watching while I was there. I smiled. It sounded perfectly feasible to me. A picnic in a graveyard, Jake said. Weirdo. He said it under his breath, but it was loud enough for me to hear. I'll go, I'll go and get them, said Matthew. He turned and went upstairs. His cat, Nigel, slunk around the front door and down the steps and brushed against my leg. Hello, Nigel, I said, stroking his thick fur. Nigel purred deeply and enjoyed his attention. Are you seriously having a picnic with all those rotten corpses around? Asked Jake. Do you even think that's, don't you think that that's a really odd thing to do? I thought about Hal camping in the disc, in the, in 
a disused building and Martin Stone on the prowl with a gun under, hidden under his belt. Jake had no idea how exciting all of this was. I wished I could tell him just to shut him up for once, but I couldn't. I was part of a team and now I had to be loyal to them. Yes, I am. So what? So what? I said to Jake. Jake just looked up and down as if I was some kind of alien. You are seriously freaky, he said, shaking his head. Matthew reappeared with binoculars tucked under his arm. He held them out, and I quickly took them. Thanks, Maddie, I said. But Matthew was busy staring at something. A large black car circled the clothes and pulled up outside of Mr. Charles' house. Look, said Jake, that's a woman. The engine turned off, and Mr. Charles' daughter, Melissa Dawson, climbed out. She was working, wearing dark sunglasses, a white shirt, and a long black skirt that reached down to her ankles. We hadn't seen her since last summer when her son Teddy went missing from the chestnut clothes. The mystery that Matthew solved. When it happened, Melissa had been away for work and Mr. Charles had been looking after the child, after the children. Are the kids with her too, I whispered. Melissa opened the back of the door and the car and of the car and a girl wearing a navy dress and white sneakers jumped down onto the sidewalk. It's Casey, Matthew said quietly. Casey was Teddy's older sister. She was a peculiar child and seemed to view everything through narrow eyes. She always looked like her brain was busy thinking of something evil, too. Melissa leaned into the car to release the seatbelt, and a boy scrambled out. He was wearing neat trousers, a yellow checkered shirt, and in one hand he was holding a chunky plastic cell phone. He was wis he once oh his once wispy blonde hair was now a mop of curls. And there's Teddy, I said. They've gotten so big. I was prom I was surprised at how much older they looked, but I guess ten months was a long time when you're little. Casey turned and stared at us. Her hair was her long hair was scraped back into a high ponytail that made her eyes look even more narrow. That kid is creepy, said Jake, straining to see what was going on. For once, I actually agreed with him about something. Welcome. Hello, hello, said Mr. Charles, coming appearing from his front door. It's been so long. He walked down the path pathway and embraced Melissa, who turned her cheek to one side. <clears throat> Teddy immediately ran indoors while Casey slunk behind Melissa's skirt. Hi, Dad, said Melissa. Thank you so much for this. The school was fine about it, by the way. I told them that I would just be a few days. Any time, darling, said Mr. Charles. He walked to the trunk of the car and took out two small suitcases. They all went inside number 11, and then the door banged shut. I wonder if Melissa's traveling for work again, I said. Jeez, you're so nosy, Melody, said Jake. You're always trying to find out what other, pe other people's business. I glared at him. No, I'm not, I said. Yes, you are. You're always like, oh, where are you two off to? You have... You have to know everything, he said. You're exhausting and nosy, isn't, isn't she, Matthew? I looked at Matthew, but he didn't make eye contact. Leave it, Jake, he said. But he said it softly, so I don't think Jake heard. I put the binoculars on top of the blanket in my bag, and I stormed off down the path. The door banged shut behind me. I walked down the alleyway and the bag of supplies bumping against my leg. At least Hal needed me. He didn't think I was nosy or exhausting. I was part of his team, and I'd almost been complete. I've almost completed my first assignment. All that was missing were the clothes. As I walked, I looked over the low wall at Jake's garden. 
Jake's mum, Sue, was on the phone in the kitchen, emptying the dishwasher at the same time. On their patio was a a clothesline full of clothes. I spotted a gray hoodie that belonged to Jake and a pair of jeans. He might be older, but but he was skinny and around the same height as Jake. They would be perfect. Sue had her back to the window when... Then, when she walked out of the kitchen, it was now or never. I pulled the bag down and pulled myself up over the wall, and I ran to the, ran into the washing. I ran to the washing and yanked down clothes off of the line. It was making the clothespins ping onto the air, and then bundled the clothes under my arm. They felt dry at least, so I quickly climbed back over the wall and stuffed them into the bag. Then I hurried on my way. If Jack. Jake or Matthew wanted to leave me out, then it was just fine with me. They were welcome to each other. Why would I want to be friends with them anyway? Jake was horrible, and Matthew was too spineless to stick up for me. I thought about Hal waiting in the plague house for me to return with food and some essential equipment. I was part of the team. I had far more important things to do. All right, Peyton, are you asleep? And she's asleep.